Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your recap episode for this week's 3M Open. And joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Hey, Greg. Hey, what's going on, Rick? Um, I, I hate to say this, but um, earlier today we were talking. We talked about it on Monday. I guess we weren't the only ones. But I told you again today around, what, 4.15, said yeah. he's going to win. And um and he was Camp Champ tried to make my uh whatever I said, the the announcer's curse, jinx. Not that I'm an announcer, but he tried to he tried to prove it right. Um, but in the end, he couldn't do it. So it was great. I was ripping my hair out on 18. We'll certainly talk about that. Mark Immelman is here and Mark is back from the course. Mark, good to have you in what is, I believe, that is your traditional Sunday black, is it not? Sunday black. All of the CBS on course crew go all black on Sundays. I do it for Gary Player. They say it's Johnny Cash, so they're cashing out on a Sunday. And speaking of, <laughs> uh, we have Memphis, <laughs> we have Greensboro, we have Northern Trust, and then we are done for the season. Can you believe it? The, the end is in sight. I cannot believe it. Isn't it a little warm out there to be playing wearing all black? You guys could, could consider some you, other color, maybe. You, you, you soak up the energy of the sun, as Gary said. You, you got to oh, just just use the energy of the sun. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, three M Open is in the books, and it was Cam Champ getting the job done. A Sunday sixty six that featured uh, a bogey free round, five birdies, but Greg, it also included a little battle with dehydration looked a little weak coming down the stretch it also included him pulling driver on 18 and hitting it about a million miles left and making it a lot more difficult than it had to be but when the dust settled he's our champ i mean i gotta there's a couple things about this camp champ victory which we knew was going to happen so it's not surprising (laughs) but in in his uh pursuit to make this a lot more interesting than it needed to be there were a couple things that kind of one you need to have, you you need to be prepared for that kind of stuff. Hydration wise, like that needs to be a top priority for you. And I know how hot it is, but when it's that hot as a player, you got to be extra prepared. Now it's no fun for your caddy, but you got to have, you got to have be, have a little bit extra. So that shouldn't happen unless it's an extreme. Maybe this was an extreme circumstance, but you should be as a player, ready for that. And if you talk to any of these, um, the, the doctors who are doctors of players out there on the PGA tour, they, by the time you're thirsty or feeling dehydrated, it's gone way too far. So you need to be doing this all in advance. Like for, if you talk to Dr. Arasapaya about this, the, the amount of time and energy he puts in with his players in their hydration and how much they're intaking is extreme. Um, and maybe, maybe, 
I'm off base here. Maybe it was a lot hotter than they thought, but it, but it seems like you got to be a little more prepared for it than that. I wasn't expecting hydration takes from Greg Ducharme this evening, but here we are. That's why I carry yeah. around I carry around my my big bottle so that I I don't get into any situations. Mark, yeah. um, look, I, I'm yeah, right there, there with you. This is 24 Hydro. ounces. Hydro buds, uh, Mark. You know, I think the he he seemed to start to feel better as he got to 17. I think Colton Nose got to him and he and he had said, "Okay, I'm feeling a little bit better." But uh, listen, we're not out there in the heat of the battle. We don't know what the game plan is, but a lot of people thought pulling driver on 18 was a mistake. Now, Cam Champ said afterwards, "I was always going to hit driver there." Maybe that's true. I have no idea. But did you view that in the moment as a mistake? Well, first off. Greg, to put a bow on your soliloquy about hydration, <laughs> figure out whatever he drank, that was some magical Gatorade because yeah, he went quick, right? <laughs> this guy went from like on his knees to full of the joys of summertime, yeah, you know, for the final couple of holes. So I'm going to find whatever he was drinking there or what Colt yeah. knows. Hooked him up it, with. it was like Bugs Bunny and Space Jam, whatever. Yeah. He, it's the magic stuff. M- Mike, Michael's secret stuff. The secret stuff. That's yeah. it. <laughs> Um, but regarding the playoff 18, I looked at this, I'm like, oh, goodness. And I just had visions of, because the hole had played so hard over the weekend. You know, Thursday, Friday, it was downwind some, and guys were sort of taking advantage there. But when this west-northwesterly plays in, the angle of the tee shot, and they've moved the water in here to, on the right-hand side in recent years. So with the angle of the tee shot, it's that awkward win for a right-hander where if you get late on one, you're hitting it in the middle of kingdom come over there on the right hand side so i i can see why he tweaked one and just made sure it didn't miss right but again it was curious that he went with driver and i looked at this going oh my goodness because i'd gotten done i was on the vegas group and my spotter uh, craig and i we were sitting in we actually went to the super tower because it was hot outside so we went inside to where the guys in the tower had some air conditioning and i saw this play and i looked at craig and i was like he's not going to cause a playoff is he <laughs> and Craig was like, <laughs> fingers crossed, because we didn't want to go extra holes. And so, you know, thankfully for him, it worked out. But it was a strange play because the rest of the round, he was going with that driving iron of his. Right. And I heard a quip where I think it was Frank Noblo said that on 15, which is playing a little sort of down and across the wind, he hit this thing at 173 mile an hour ball speed or whatever it is. Now, that's elite for certain folks with a driver. So I'm like, he could have gotten like four iron and a wedge and a wedge and made five. But anyway, I mean, kudos to him for sticking to his process. You know, that, that that's the watchword of the day on the PGA Tour now. Yeah, the average uh, club head speed for driver on the PGA Tour is 114 miles an hour. He rivals that with two iron, which is why, and that's why I think everyone was pretty, pretty curious. Like, Hey, um, we watched you just pipe two iron all, all day long. And now you're going to pull driver when it, when it matters the most. And, uh, in this week's edition of golf is a very weird game, Greg, um, cam champ. We talked about it, you know, before we went hot here, five missed cuts in a row, right? Four missed cuts in a WD finishes T11 at John Deere, tells us he's playing the best golf of his life. That's what he said. His words, not mine. Best golf of his life. I, I guess maybe he was right. Um, that was a, one of those quotes where I, I actually <laughs> went and kind of agreed, said, okay, that means something. Because that could be a two-week thing. Hey, these last two weeks, 
I've been playing the best of my life. I don't, I don't know where it comes from, but typically when I look at missed cuts, I, I'm looking at the actual scores. I want to go a little deeper because the line, we all know this, the line between missing a cut and contending in a PGA tour event is razor thin, right? It, it could, it can be next to nothing, but you look at the line that camp champ was on the side of the missed cut that he was on. And I mean, it, it wasn't close. There's no sign before the John Deere Classic that would say Camp Champ's a guy to look out for, right? I mean, you're look. It, it's not just missed cuts and WDs. It's two rounds of 82. It's 77. It's 75. It's seven, 76, 75, 71, 77. The, these are, this is a guy who's out of form, right? He's in bad, he's in a bad place. He comes in and plays well one week. And I guess that was enough confidence to prove to himself that he could get the job done this week. Which makes me wonder how on when how on earth on Monday evening you guys what you saw statistically whatever you were smoking st- statistically <laughs> that this guy right was going to win this week because I watched him at John Deere and yeah he always hits the ball pretty flush but with the wedges he's average at best and it looked grisly on the greens I mean he was hitting putts that weren't even touching the hole from ten feet and I was looking at this going. At a golf course, this like this place where, you know, when it starts to play fast, it's a wedge contest. Matthew Wolf bludgeoned this place to death when he won with a wedge and a driver. So I was like, oh, goodness gracious me. And, and so whatever you guys saw, I'm I'm forever in awe to you to you two because clearly you, you've you've got the uh, the hotline to heaven. So Rick, what do you um, see first? So, so sometimes, sometimes, Mark, uh, you can use the wrong formula and get the right answer, which is what I think <laughs> it's what I think happened here. So I'll, I'll be real. So the way that I saw this leading into the event, you had and and the big indication was that odds makers were all over the board on him. Some had him at 80 to one. Some had him at 100. Some had him at 125. Some had him at 150, which is usually an indication of they don't know what to do, which is usually a good sign for us. Uh, The other thing was at John Deere, he was elite again with the driver. He gained over six strokes on the driver. And I thought, okay, if he can lean back into his weapon, if it can alleviate stress on the rest of his game, he's a multi-time winner. It's a weak field. Maybe he gets himself in contention. Certainly you never imagine a guy 151's 151 is going to win, but you're hoping he contends and you can give yourself an opportunity. Um, But that's not really how he won this. I I mean, he gained over eight strokes putting. He wasn't very... Yeah, he wasn't very good in all the other categories. So this, it it did not play out as I had hoped or as I envisioned, but he he got to the finish line. John Graham, who's been helping him with his putting, needs to sell a book because that'll be a bestseller because whatever they've they've done here over the last little while is is wild. But, But Rick, you talk about the driver. Now, you parlay his driver strength with a wedge. And he is average, again, at best with a wedge. In, in fact, Frank Nobolo very wisely set the wedge shot up, the fourth shot uh, on the final hole there, to say, look, let's be real here. From like 175 to 125, he's in the bottom third or the bottom percentile of the PGA Tour statistics. And he steps up and drills a perfect wedge and they're behind the flag in one putt. So, yeah, it, it, it's golf. It, it, it's how it works. And, and I'm just, again, in awe of you guys for making this call. Oh, it, it is interesting, Greg, because now at 26 years old, Cameron Champ has won in three straight seasons. We certainly don't treat him as a guy that wins once a year. I'm, I'm assuming because of the volatility, but like he's posting wins, which is hard to do. 
So this is um, before we welcome Kyle. I'll make it quick. Um, but but Mark, don't be too much in awe because all this is is for me. Like this was a this was simply a chance. Okay, so Cam Champ is in terrible form, and he may find something at the John Deere, and he in his own mind believes that he's really found something. And with his um, with his skill set to find something with a wedge to get it, let's say you know, 2% closer, right? All of a sudden you go from missing greens, hitting terrible wedge shots to hitting greens and you get a little bit of confidence and it can snowball. And he has so much win equity that at his price, and I'm referring to DraftKings primarily um, at, at his price, he has more win equity than anybody else in the field. And if he's got some degree of confidence, he's worth taking a chance on. So that's kind of where I come from. I had, and at no point did I think, Okay, until today at four fifteen, okay, Camp Champ's actually going to win, but um, but on Monday I thought, well, it's certainly worth the chance just because his ceiling is so high, and if he plays well, just well to some degree, the game can look so easy for him, uh, and there aren't other there there aren't really any other players in this field who are like that where it can look so easy. How how can you go from shooting eighty two? 77. I mean, this scoring average is outrageous leading in, leading into John Deere and all of a sudden you can win. But, but that's the line when you're a long hitter like that, when you have that kind of club head speed, if you're inaccurate, it can get ugly quick. And if you're accurate, which does not mean finding fairways, but if you're accurate where you know where the ball's going, it can look super easy. And I think that's kind of what we saw this week. I look using a term like win equity around me that you, that elevates you even further, Greg. I mean, (laughs) well, that's all, that's all I'm trying to do. Uh, Let's bring in Kyle Porter. KP, you get final word on Cameron champ. This was a victory. uh, His third on the PGA tour. That was not by the cam champ blueprint. It was with a putter and and a great wedge into 18 that got it done. He didn't drive the ball very well. He made some questionable decisions. He battled deep hydration anywhere you want to go the floor is yours well i think the win doesn't doesn't make sense right it did like if you look at the statistics if you watch what he did you're like i don't i don't really understand what's going on here but i think i think in a lot of ways cam champ doesn't make a lot of sense right because you you watch him hit the ball and you're like this is like if you did a blind like you couldn't do it blind. If you did a, uh, if you took the player out of it and just watched ball flight and trajectory and um, contact off the tee, you'd be like, this is one of the best five players that's ever lived, right? Ooh, that's but a every, big statement. <laughs> but every, but everything else. Well, do you disagree with it, Mark? The five best players that have ever lived. Whew. I'm talking about ball flight and trajectory and contact off the tee, right? Like if you show like up no, to a driving range with a with a top tracer, <laughs> right? Yeah, like this right. Is the guy. Just top tracer. <laughs> but yeah. that's that would be mostly modern players, which is why that's why where you kind of say what What are you talking okay, but, about? But no, it would no, be no, all, it would I, be I, all I, modern I, players. Yeah, I, I digress. Forgive me. So, but everything else is bad. Like he's not a good iron player. He doesn't have a good short game. Uh, his putting is, I mean, he's almost last on the tour in putting this year. And so like that part doesn't make sense, but then it also doesn't make sense that he wins so much. Like he's so volatile, 
Like nothing about him makes any sense at all. Like he went, he's won more than what was my tweet? Finau, uh, Ustazen, and Fleetwood combined on the PGA Tour. <laughs> And those guys have like 500 starts or four or I don't know, whatever, four, yeah, like uh, 450 I, top tens. I get it. Well, yeah, no kidding. I get it. Like he, the, he hasn't played the court. Like Louie won an open. I get all that. Um, although that's the only like big tournament that those three guys have won on tour. But like, I think it's meaningful. And this is something that Mark always hits on that. I kind of, or we, we, we kind of, you know, poo poo away, but like he just, he wins. Like he just wins, and that's sort of the Garrick Higo thing. Like he wins a lot, you know. Winning is a skill, that whole deal. So I don't know. I'm intrigued. I don't. I don't know that it makes me think a, a lot differently about about Cam Champ. Like you, you he, he like my problem with him is actually not the putting. It's more the iron play. Like he he just he's not a very good iron player. I mean, some of his numbers from one thirty to to two twenty are just bad and you can't you can't be an elite player if you're that bad with your irons um but maybe that improves and if it doesn't if it does improve he could win a ton i mean i it's rare that it would improve but he that that is at least in play i think approaches Wait. from 125 to 150 average proximity 26 feet two inches that's rivaling me at some point i'm i, I think i'm getting close to that but he's got he's got the trophies he's got them in the on the mantle yeah All good uh what were you gonna say greg sorry i greg. was just gonna say when you have when you're hitting the clubs that he's hitting from those distances um one a lot of those shots a lot more of those shots are in between clubs than say like rick you and i go play and we're gonna have 10 yard gaps between clubs so you have you have multiple clubs that can land a ball on the green when you make your stock swing. He's got I mean I mean the difference between his gap wedge and his sand wedge is astronomical. It's a huge dip. the the faster you swing, the bigger your gaps get between clubs. And so it puts a little bit more yeah, you have to have a little bit more feel. And so if one week he's feeling it in that area and he has something dialed in. He's got a number he really likes. He's um, hitting it really straight or there's a go-to shot. All of a sudden it gets, it, it can look really easy. And that's the thing about the, that's the thing about club head speed is when you're in control, when you feel like you know what's going on with the club face and you're starting your ball online, you're, you're doing all the things that we talk about all the time you're hitting your spots, it looks so simple. Like, how could it ever go wrong? But when it goes wrong, it's just exponential. And now it gets the, really bad. Isn't this the uh, the argument that Rory made for his bad wedge play? He he did. He said this on, I think it was on the No Lane Up podcast a couple, uh, like two years ago. And he talked about how like his swing speed with his wedges is so fast that it 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 just makes it difficult to like gauge distances. Which I think yeah. is, is is essentially what you're saying, and I think that makes somebody like uh, like a Justin Thomas, we talk about him a lot, of being able to have like a changeup and a slider, and like all these different swing speeds. I don't know if JT is the best example right now because he's not playing that great, but I, that's that's a skill. Like that is certainly a skill, Absolutely. and it's and it's something if those if if guys like Cam Champ are able to learn, man, I mean that's like the thing that we always talk about with DJ, right? We right. certainly do. And uh, gentlemen, stop me if you've heard this before. Louis Ustazen finished T2. And I got to tell you, Mark, 
I was actually pretty impressed by this. Not not the T2, but like the fact that everyone was like the hangover, the travel, it's not going to happen. He kind of made some comments earlier. I don't have the quote earlier in the week where something like playing golf gets my mind off of it. I can get right back into the heat of the moment. Some Something to that effect. And man, he is having, and Kyle and I talked about this, I think, maybe Thursday night. You can make a pretty good argument that Louis Stazen's having the third or fourth best season of anybody on the PGA tour. I think so. Certainly. Um, I, I, I chatted briefly early in this week and he was salty <laughs> after the open championship misstep. And he had said that, you know, he, he, uh, he had a chance at the U S open and that was on him, you know, with a tee shot down 17. And then he said, he just didn't show up on Sunday and didn't swing very well. Didn't play very well. Um, down at Royal St. George's, and, and he was a little miffed about that because he had been playing very well. But um, Charlotte convinced him to come check this place out because Charlotte enjoyed it, and they play similar games, and so Schwartzel, that is. And so he came, and it was fit in the schedule. And, uh, I, you know, when a guy's playing well, jet lag aside, uh, to, to me, first off, it's easier to travel to the West because you wake up early in the morning, and then you can go to sleep early in the afternoon, and the only real challenge would be the one late tea time you have. So you could pick up time pretty fast. But around this place with perfect greens um, that were pretty receptive earlier, if you're swinging well and you're controlling distance, you'll have a good time of it. And then we all know how Louis rolls the thing. And there was it was sort of lethargic in round one, but then I think it was round two perhaps that he just went bananas and hold like four 40-footers or something silly like that, or certainly putts outside of 25 feet. And you could see him gaining some steam. And then he was sort of slow Saturday, but today it was out there to be had. And I had the sense, and it came to fruition, that with the way the wind had been kicking up and with the way that west northwesterly had made the final holes play, that someone was likely to post. Uh, Cam Champ did in the end. Louis did. Vegas did. So so, so it was on. And, and, and But for a few putts, he might have been a different result today. Yeah, and if you look at some of these results, so T2 here, Greg, T3 at the Open Championship, runner-up finish at the U.S. Open, top 20 at the Memorial, T2 at the PGA, T8 at Valspar. I, I mean, boy, uh, keep keep knocking on the door, Louie. Keep knocking. It'll open. Without a win, he's made five at $5.6 million. And that mm. doesn't include today. That doesn't, it's a, it's a, an unbelievable season. And I had thought, so I want to, first of all, give a ton of credit to Sia Najad, right? It was all over Louie this week. And I was saying, I don't think this is a good week for him. One, the emotion, like Mark mentioned, he's a little bitter about it. You, that's got to be upsetting. But the other thing was Louie this year has not been a huge birdie maker, um, at least relative to his scoring average. Heading into the week, he was 89th in birdie average, third in scoring average on tour. You very rarely see that kind of a difference between those two. And so it tells you, it, it makes sense that a guy who scores the way he scores doesn't make the birdies he makes. That tells you he doesn't make a lot of bogeys, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. That's why he contends in majors. You go to an event like 3M and all of a sudden that that's a that's a different kind of ball game, right? You got to play a little more. You got to make a lot of birdies to win. This week, it played much more difficult than I expected. Um, so I was wrong about that. But also, Louie made 21 birdies. So he really got the putter going. Um, and and it was some mistakes that really hurt him this week. He made, um, Mark mentioned the slow, the slow round on Saturday. 
Well, he made, he started off early with a bogey and a double. He still made five birdies in that round. So, I mean, if that's a slow, if that's your slow round, that's pretty good. You can make five birdies like that. So I, I was so impressed with Louie. Who's one of my favorite players. Um, and it just, you almost have to just laugh at another second place finish. It's unbelievable. Cue up the, uh, the rise up song on the, on the private plane. We'll fire that one up again on Twitter, <laughs> on Twitter tonight. KP, we have something, uh, very interesting developing here. So Ricky Fowler is Jacob paying attention. Ricky Fowler. Thank you. Ricky <laughs> Fowler, uh, got off to a hot start to three M open kind of limped his way into the finish line, but bigger than that, he is currently sitting at exactly 125th in the FedEx cup standings. 125 after this week. Now we know he's not playing in Tokyo, which doesn't matter. And he is not qualified for the WGC, which means he has the Wyndham, which he could play. And I guess he could play Barracuda. Are Which we would be going? Sick. I mean, what would you do? You're 125. Would you give yourself two cracks at it or one crack at it? Because if you only give yourself one crack at it, it might be one week of golf in seven weeks. Well, I'm I'm curious about Mark w- would know this better than I would, but <clears throat> he's not going to lose his card, right? So he, like I, <laughs> this I might this I might sound like an absolute moron here, but. Would it be better if you missed out on the top 125 and you were able to use your uh, lifetime money exemption? So top 50 all-time money leaders have an exemption. And what I was reading about it is it, it jumps you ahead of a lot of the guys that were in the top uh, 125 from the previous year in terms of tournaments you can get into. I, I almost wonder if it would be better if he just completely missed out on everything, use that exemption, although you don't want to use it when you're like, you know, 32 and was able to kind of jump back to the front of the line for events next year. Is that idiotic? He, um, he is well, in no risk of losing his. So he he's he's exempt through 2023 because of the players championship victory. Yeah. And even even I mean, a def, he has a de facto card for life with all the sponsors exemptions he would end up getting uh, if he I really did a, lose his card. <laughs> I forgot about the players. Yeah, so he's I'm good so, through 2023. But still, that's gotcha. that's from 2015. He won the players in 15. Mm-hmm. So I think he got. I think there was an extra year because of last year. Yeah, because yeah, well, it would lost be the card last year. Nobody that that would be six years, right? So I I think I think and it's a five year exemption. So I think he got an extra. That's what it seems like to me, because I saw that too, Rick, and I, I was um, it, it intrigued me a little bit. But Kyle, to your point, do you miss? Do, do you go crazy right now and play? It'd be what four weeks in a row. It turned into seven weeks in a row if you did what you wanted to do and made it all the way to East Lake. It'd be seven weeks in a row. I, um, I think you go for it. I think you go play Barracuda and I just probably, keep on. I probably would not. It's I, not going to be seven. Go, in would a you row, go to Wyndham? He's he's, yeah, not, he's he's getting the week off next week. He's not playing next week. Oh so right, because the Olympics is off. Yeah, I don't see off. I don't see why you don't. Oh, play. then you know what? You go to Barracuda. Absolutely. Then and then you'll play Barracuda, Wyndham, and then three more Northern Trust. Hopefully BMW. You're probably. I mean, 
And, and here's the thing too. If what he's saying where he's like, okay, I've found a little something. I'm getting a little confidence in what I'm doing. I'm keeping it simple. So he's got a little mojo going on. It would it'd be silly now because the ultimate barometer for figuring out where your golf swing is and your game is, is playing under pressure, you know, contending. And so now that he's found something to pack it in for the rest of the season, that would make zero sense to me. You may as well go and keep getting on the horse, keep seeing how it's going, keep building up some reps and confidence and stuff and, and, and sort of see where the season shakes out. Who knows? He might have a fast finish. So you may as well get go and get involved. I just don't know that. I don't know if Ricky, Ricky seems like, is Ricky enjoying go- professional golf? I don't know. Like he, he just seems like <laughs> Mark. I don't know. <laughs> like, like I think I think nobody enjoys professional golf when you're playing poorly. <laughs> that's that's the truth of it. Yeah, but I think I think being Ricky Fowler has taken a toll. Like it's 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 freaking hard to be him every day. Like, and I think we kind of discount that sometimes. Of like, oh, he's got a great life and a wife and money and you know all this different stuff, and it's a grind like do you want do you really want to go to the travel to the barracuda in the middle of august to play a golf tournament i don't know maybe, maybe he does i i just don't know to me it's it's more of like regroup and figure it out for for next season or or, or i mean play the Wyndham and see if you get in and if not that's that's okay from the other side of the equation because i'm with you if he plays he'll play Wyndham. um but for me Barracuda now because it's never been an option for them to get a Ricky Fowler in their field because of the World Golf Championships events. And I'm sure the folks, the good folks at Barracuda now, now are going, mm, dang, we've got a chance to get Fowler into the field. I'm sure it's full court press over there and they'll entice him to come, I'm certain. Or at least if they don't entice him to come, they, there'll be some sort of carrot dangling out in front of him. I'm certain. They'll try the they'll try to pull the come home to California thing, even though it's five hundred and sixty four miles from Marietta. <laughs> That's very very specific. Did you look that up? Right? I just looked it up to see how far yeah, Truckee, California, was from Marietta. Five hundred. Do you, do you Rick? Do you agree with what I'm saying about about Fowler? Just like I being do. being Listen, Ricky. Yeah, I think I I get it. Right, he is one of the few golfers uh, that if you walked into an Albertsons uh, and saw, you'd be like, oh, I know that guy. <laughs> Right. Like, who did you see, Mark? Brian Harmon at some uh, supermarket. Like, he's flying fresh, under fresh the market. radar. Right. No one came up to Brian Harmon at, in a fresh market or whatever Not even me. In, in Augusta and said hi. But when Ricky walks into, you know, Albertsons, uh, yeah, I think he takes a lot of photos. I think it makes it a lot harder when you're not playing well and everyone talks about, Oh my gosh, you missed the masters for the first time in a decade. And Oh, you need a special exemption. Huh? Like, like I, I think it does start to take its toll and it's not like he's in danger of, of losing anything. And there's not a huge incentive to get into the playoffs other than trying to make a run this year. But so, yeah, I don't know. I, I think he should do it because he's rolling the rock. Well, again, He's he this is the best he's played in a while and you can kind of maybe maybe you get hot maybe you run deep in this worst case scenario you play two more weeks um but I do understand your sentiment it it, it it's not always easy being Ricky here's yeah. the and I I agree with that but here's the thing about this game at a deeper level no matter what level you're at you always want to get a little bit more out of it and if you're Ricky Fowler and you've put in the work that you've put in and everything I've heard is he's working really hard on his game with he and John Tillery. During COVID, there was a period where 
he was at the golf course for 31 straight days, right? Every, every, he didn't miss a day for a month working on his game, which that's a lot. That's a lot of no rest days. So all, you know, he's putting in the effort. And when you're putting in that kind of effort, you want to get that reward. And like Mark said, the ultimate test is the pressure. You you take the skill you're uh, applying and you put it under a certain amount of pressure. And you want to, in when you lay down at night, you want to say, okay, the shot I wanted to hit, I hit. I was able to do it today. It's a, it's a challenge. It's not so much, okay, I can't believe I have to go play in the Barracuda. <laughs> you know, I'm Ricky Fowler. I'm Ricky Fowler. I, I should be playing in the world golf championship (laughs) it's easy to go there but that's not where golf you're you're ultimately a golfer and you want to put yourself up to that test and you want to accomplish that goal and the thing that eats at him isn't that he's not playing well it's not fun it's that he's not doing what he wants to under pressure that would be my guess he's frustrated pressure with his performance (laughs) yeah pressure a lot of pressure 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 um, What's he going to do under the pressure? We have to do a one and done update, but before we do that, Cameron McRae Champ. How many M's are in that? Oh, to get out of here with this. Three of them. Three, Three. M open, baby. Cam Champ all the way. <laughs> wow. You knew this was coming from the start. Let's are you going to bring that to posted notes now? What's your next trick? Yeah, I got them right here. I got my stickies right yeah. here. Yeah, boy. Ready to rock and roll. Um, one and done. I don't even have to go to break for this yet. So how about this? Oh, coach. Oh, coach. Coach kind of got unlucky this week. Listen, it's been a tough road for coach. Uh, but he had Hank Leviota, who made the cut and WD'd on Friday evening, which <laughs> officially KP, uh, officially $0 for coach. So he stays at $4.6 million. That's Yikes. that's a fitting fitting kind of end to Kosha's season here. I guess we got a few more weeks, but that is this thing's that's, been over for a long time. That's yeah. tough to look at. I'm actually sure I, I coach. Um, I'm trying to see if he's mathematically eliminated. You know, in baseball, when you got a magic number left, and there's like, oh, you know, you're mathematically eliminated in June. Uh, if he wins out, I don't even know what he could get to. I'd have to do the math. Jacob, come on here because we have a lot of questions for you. Um, you got Tony Fee now, $44,000. You're up to, you're up over $5 million. Congratulations. You are getting yourself away from coach. What are we doing next week? Do, do, what did we decide for the Olympics? Well, you know, I got no clue what we're doing because everyone's also decided <laughs> to take the week off. So, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I was thinking we could do some sort, of a, some sort of a little draft format. But, you know, uh, we got some... We got some people setting the week out, so I don't know if we can count anything officially towards the one and done standings. But uh, you know, maybe so we can have a little game. Do the, hey, if, do if the Olympics? Vegas, I would right away. Do the Olympics count toward the FedEx Cup or no, Jacob? They do not. <laughs> they do not. <laughs> okay, so I, it sounds like we're we're taking the week off for the Olympics for the official one and done, but maybe we can figure something else out. Yeah. I don't know what's going on on the sunshine tour. I don't know if they have some <laughs> money up for grabs that we can add towards our total. That's that's uh, producer Jacob's favorite phrase. I don't know what's going on on the sunshine <laughs> I know. tour. We hear that a lot. Don't we? Um, okay. Thank you, Jacob. Tony Fina. Congratulations. KP. Uh, you actually, my friend won the week. It wasn't pretty. It was, yeah. I, I mean, it was Sergio, Sergio Garcia, $54,230. You're at $8.1 million. Um, You closed the gap 
uh, a hair on Mark. Did you see the the final stats from 3M? Uh, I I saw them on Thursday that Sergio was losing an out. I mean, not that it's crazy, but uh, the putter was horrid, and he was just firing darts. But I did not see what the final numbers were. So he finished. Let's see, first in putting and or first in uh, from tee to green and last in putting. <laughs> That's a problem. That's a Great. problem. That, that is predictable. That's a uh, second to last. Sorry, Joel Damon was one worse than him. Was he putting with his eyes open or closed this time? He was third like on open. A, third on approach, seventeenth off the tee, sixth around the greens, and seventy-first with the putter. I mean, just be like fiftieth, and you would you would be contending. That's uh, so yeah. bad. He, I mean, the first two rounds, <laughs> over five. He lost over five, over five strokes. And he just kept on losing <laughs> over the weekend. <laughs> that was great, Greg. That was good. I mean, there's no volatility there. He just kept on losing. <laughs> he what? He's been flushing it recently. Like he's been hitting the ball yeah. really well this summer. And he's done it since about he was 16 years old, oh, yeah. man. Uh, well, no, 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 no. Been 30 years. <laughs> no, 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 no. He from tw- from Masters 2017 until like it wasn't it hasn't yeah. really been that consistently great for the last four years. But he this summer equipment right after Masters this summer and and the last few majors, he's been he's been good. Like he's, he's not putting, but he's been he's been hitting it really well. Mark. Yes, You're sir. up next, and you are making fans all over the place, Mark. I hope you know this. The Some of the sayings you throw out there on the broadcast are just chef's kiss. Brian in the chat says, did you say something like he has a cross-country march to this side of the green today? Did you say that today? I don't know. I don't know what comes out of my mouth. But honestly, it's nothing's planning. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm sure I might have. Unfortunately, uh, you had Emiliano Grillo this week. Okay, I, I, J- Jacob, I need you to get on here because I need to lobby because <laughs> I've I've always preferred to make my one and done pick on a Wednesday. You know, when I've had some time to mull over no, this thing. this is now I'm getting this my is because before, let me tell you something. Yes. Okay. Before who was who was the other guy you were between and was it Schwartzel? Oh, yeah, Schwartzel. And then I spent time with Shaw in the practice round. Actually, helped him with his putting a little bit. And this guy finishes second. That's insider. That's insider trading, Mark. You can't be out there helping these guys. So you you, you think? I mean, I, I could stay at home like you guys and make money. I'm going to get out on the road to earn a living like you, Brad. <laughs> so, so that's part of the sacrifice that I'm making. So I, I I need I need Wednesdays, Jacob. I do because uh, it, I was between Grillo and Charles, and, and that was a misfire in the biggest way. That sounds like something you could take up with the next commissioner of the league. I'm I'm. <laughs> Mike, I'm on my way out here. Uh, Jacob, Jacob, Duck Alex. Yeah. Apparently, Coach has taken over this thing. We're all putting in like you know 200 grand or whatever he, whatever he's proposing. Yeah, he's in, he's yeah we're we're offering back. little resistance to Coach uh, coming in and just doing whatever he wants to this. We might want to consider uh, what the ramifications of of Coach being commish might be. We'll have to see. Yeah, we may want to band up because we're the way we all sit. We're all looking down to him right now, and and we're we, we're going to give him the power. Yeah, the guy at the bottom is making the rules. I think, right. I think we need a we need a player. Wednesday, six p.m. 
yeah, we need a players council that, and you know, he answers to us, you know, <laughs> Rory, get Rory involved. Well, Mark, if you wait until Wednesday at six, uh, this week to get your Olympic, I guess there's no Olympic pick. You, the tournament would have already have started. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> true. Now, Wednesday at 6 PM Eastern, I'm going to be on a beach in Tulum, Mexico with a margarita in my hand. And I will be the first, I'll be so far away from golf. I, I, it's not even existing in my world. You'll just take the zero. Okay. Give me the zero. <laughs> um, Greg, you did not take a zero this week. In fact, uh, you got 15,774, which I'm not sure what that gets you. Last time you got that amount, I said that's uh, the MSRP for like a 2011 Honda Accord. And I got like nine tweets that were like, no, those are $25,000. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. You had Bubba this week, Greg. You didn't make up any grounds. <laughs> uh, yeah. I didn't make up anything. So a little disappointed. Um, but what are you going to do? Um, I, it, the, the, be, the good news here is that everybody else, everybody ahead of me, Rick, uh, didn't really stretch the lead. So this was kind of, everybody sits still. I lost Bubba. I'm not going to be able to use him again. I would have loved to have played camp champ, but I mean, that would have been a real little bit more of a dart throw. Um, I, I thought Bubba was going to play really well coming in. He he was playing well. There was the narrative of the Open Championship um, where where he was missed and he was in such good form. And you have Phil Mickelson kind of pumping him up. And I just thought this was going to be a good week for him. But um, I guess uh, I guess it was a fifteen thousand dollar week. You should have went with Cameron Champ. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> you knew it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Would have got you one point. I don't know what it was, probably 1.1, 1.3, or something like that. I had Bob, Bobby Mack, and he got me $0, made boogie on his final hole of the day on Friday to miss the cut. So I remain um, $80,000 clear. We have a week off next week in the one and done. Then there is the WGC. We came up with some rule about the tour championship, uh, which I think is – what did we decide, Jacob? Take the WGC – fe- two, Yeah, but double. Two, no, we – Double, we take the WGC payouts. This is nonsense. Jesus, this is terrible. WGC so, payouts, double them. Yeah. yeah. And starting strokes matter. Yes. I think if you, I think if you, if you multiply the Sanderson by the Safeway, you get your answer. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I love the, I love the decision. Who's got JT? So do I. You do. You yeah. hadn't played him three times already? Are you sure? I played Rom like six, so I still have JT. <laughs> I, I still think Rick got the most possible out of JT. I got Players? $2.7 million out of him. Yeah. That was yeah. dirty. That was dirty. Thank you very much. Uh, all right, gentlemen, I'm officially declaring it uh, Olympics week, and things are happening. Lots of things. Wait. We'll talk about them, but first. What? 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 Go ahead. Sorry. My, I want to look at my betting card. I'm on a roll. Jacob doesn't have it in the outline. You'll have to recite it to me. Do you remember it? Well, I, ha- I had uh, Tringali and Chez to top 20. You, oh, you only went two. Just two. Well, I also had I had Sergio to top 10. Those are my three bets. In T to green or total? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I wish you could. Oh, my God. If you could bet. If you, you could bet. If you could bet. Like, there it is. Ches Reeve top 20. Oh, KP. Oh, at plus 275. Tringale at plus 150. Yes, you are officially on a heater, my friend. Yeah. 
Let's go. Nice yeah. going, Kyle. Right. What we're going to do is we're going to do a quick Olympics break. Mark, we are going to bid you adieu at Mark underscore Immelman. Thank you very much. We will catch you next week. Enjoy your margarita. Somewhere. Do. Enjoy, you Enjoy Mark. Care. Safe travels. See you, Mark. All right. Olympics coming up. Uh, but first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. And we're back. It's Tokyo week. And uh, a lot has happened in the past 24 hours. Greg, you and I covered this on the first cut, so let's see what Kyle has to say about this. Bryson DeChambeau and John Rahm have both tested positive for COVID. They gone. Uh, Bryson will be replaced by Patrick Reed. And last I saw, no one was going to replace John Rahm. I heard rumors that Jorge Campillo was going to try to get there. I don't know what the final (laughs) decision was, but I think we've got 59 going forward. You got to watch out for those Jorge Campillo rumors. They'll, they'll jump up and bite you. That's how deep I am in all of this. So I, first of all, the Reed comments about being Captain America are just incredible. Uh, Brentley Romine had those on, on Twitter. Uh, he, he said, like, I got to, he basically said, I got to answer the bell for my country. Like, my country needs me. <laughs> and you're like, well. Now, now run that sideways to what Rory said. <laughs> yeah. Rory's like, like nah. I, I don't know, man. Like, I think you were just, like, the next in the world golf rankings. Like, he, I think He that's... wasn't even. So, Cantlay Here. and Brooks, he had to step aside. Here's here's the quote. Uh, uh Sorry. When they gave me the name Captain America, the fans did. It feels like an obligation and a duty of mine to go out and play for our country whenever I can and whenever I get the call. Yeah, you got to answer the bell, baby. That's that's <laughs> all this is. Just, I mean, he's getting there. I read some more of his quote. He's getting there on Wednesday afternoon, not playing the court. I actually did think it was interesting. He talked about like his Monday qualifying days, like how much he Monday qualified in what thirteen or twelve, whenever. I think it was like when him and Spieth were kind of coming up together and he, he's, he kind of equated this to that of like, I didn't see any of those courses. I just went out and played them. And I thought that like, if you take all the other stuff and I realize there's a lot of other stuff out of it, I actually think that part of him is really admirable and really cool. Like he is a, He's we talk about nightmares and like match play and 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 guys that are tough outs. Like he's a nightmare. Like he just doesn't go away. And um, so I think I think that part of it is intriguing. I know you asked me about Rom and Bryson. I don't know why I'm talking about Patrick Reed, but it just it the thing that sucks. So two things on Rom and Bryson. It's it sucks that this field is so much worse now because it was already pretty mediocre. And then uh the other thing is I don't really understand. One, how Rom tests positive twice. I don't want to get, you know, science Twitter open, all over open me. Open up your DMs. You'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> and then also, I don't really understand how nobody tests, no, like no, literally nobody tests positive at the open. I think that's right. Right? Nobody tested po- Like people Not didn't there. go, but no, nobody tested positive there. And then two of the four biggest names at the Olympics two weeks later test pot. It just like 
I don't know. It it it's weird. It doesn't. I'm not saying it it's wrong or it whatever. It just it it doesn't like add up in my head. It's yeah, and it's it is disappointing. I'm still in the camp, Greg. Of it's not going to matter when this thing starts. When Morikawa's battling it out with Sungjae, and you know some sleeper from some country is flying up the leaderboard on Thursday and Friday. Like I'm going to forget John Rahm and Bryson DeChambeau aren't here. Uh, that's me. But I I I get now as we are leading into this thing that it stinks. I get it. Yeah. Um those are guys that you're looking forward to watching, right? They're, um, they're, they're guys you're looking forward to seeing them compete against one another. But I tend to agree with you, Rick. And we talked about this earlier on the first look in, in a, in a four round event with no cut, the cream rises to the top. And although the cream this week, isn't as deep as it was uh, a couple of days ago, it's still pretty good. And if you took the four American players and, and you took Cam Smith and Mark Leishman, and you took there. Uh, there's a couple of uh, you know uh, Paul Casey and um, Rory Fleetwood, and Rory Tommy Fleetwood, right? Shane, Shane Lowry. Lowry. You, you take all those guys, and they won't be all of them, but but you put them all together, and you end up with a pretty good tournament. And and if they're battling out down the stretch, and it's close, you're gonna have a great tournament. So um, now the only thing about the field is what does it mean afterwards, and does it does it dilute? or take away from whoever wins the gold medal, does it reduce its value? I think Justin Rose's gold medal, the value of that definitely got reduced. Um, although it's pretty cool. Now looking at it this year, the key to Justin Rose's gold medal was the future of the of golf and the Olympics growing. Then the more that grows, the more valuable that gold for him becomes, my, my opinion. And I, I, I don't see that happening right now. Maybe it changes. There is an Olympics coming to LA soon, which I, I think would be a Riviera, big. Riviera, I think, is going to host it. Um, that would make sweet. sense. Or LACC, maybe. Right. Is it Riviera? Yeah, really? Uh, I now after you said LACC, now I think it's LACC. But yeah, I'll, they're I, definitely a U.S. Open. LACC's got a U.S. Yeah. Open. I just I think that um, I don't know. I I I mean, listen, like the first Ryder Cup probably wasn't awesome i mean it's probably fine right but the 30th Ryder cup was freaking sweet and so yeah it's it's hard to know i think one of the problems for these guys is they don't they've they've already got especially the stars they have such busy schedules they play all the majors they play the players they play the Ryder cup they're doing all this stuff and it's like don't want to add this like is it is it is it even it's almost it i think it becomes very difficult to develop anything new in the modern era of golf and probably sports but specifically golf with kind of how we're talking about it here it's just it's just hard to like cultivate that history or that um tradition and history and everything that you need that makes the Ryder cup great for something like the Olympics, especially when it, 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 I don't know, stuff like that just takes time. But if nobody wants to participate in it, then time is almost meaningless because you're not cultivating anything. It's just a bunch of no name guys playing in a tournament. Although like, it can't change in an instant. I'm sorry, Rick, but you like, no, I was Arnold Palmer goes over. Arnold Palmer goes over and plays the open championship and it changes here in the States. Big yeah. time. Right. The, yeah. the, um, the war at the shore happens. 
Yep. And all of a sudden the Ryder Cup turns into it it changes from uh a get together, an entertainment thing, a, an exhibition to a fierce competition in an instant. Is that gonna happen at the Olympic? I don't know, but it doesn't feel like it now, that's for sure. They should change it back to uh well, they should either change it back to what they did in nineteen oh four. I don't know if you guys saw my tweet, but they played thirty-six holes of stroke play and then five matches. To, to win it 36 holes each. So if you went the distance on everything, you played 216 holes in six days. Who who would play? I mean, look Aaron, play. <laughs> Aaron Oberholzer said on Twitter, he told me that's an act of, or that's a, uh, that's like a survival game or something. Like that. He's like, that's not golf. That's a, that's a, I forgot what the phrase was. The other thing I was watching, uh, have you guys seen this? I don't know. Mixed medley swimming where, they have men and women and they're in the pool at the same time, but like they're not like you can choose whether a man or a woman goes first. And then you just have to have two of each at the end of the, at the end of the race. Wow. I haven't seen it's, that. It's insane. It's chaotic. And I almost wonder if, if, and this has been talked about a million times, but have we made it too much of an individual thing and not enough of like, man, if, if, the Corda sisters and JT and Xander were playing together. Like that'd be kind of sweet, right? Like that would be so unique and so different and so other than what we normally see. I could kind of get into that in a way that I, I don't totally know that I'm in on, on kind of the f- current format. Lake off national will host in 2024 when they go to Paris Riviera will host in 2028 when they go to LA, maybe a little injection of some, of some stars in those events, because Greg, you were getting to what my take on HQ was uh, a couple hours ago. Basically this gets better with age, you know, the masters got better with age and history and all of this stuff that builds and people start to look forward to it. It, it goes from being the, 10th most important tournament of the year to the third, the fourth, the second, who knows something like that. Yeah. Even, even more recent things like the FedEx cup has really grown in importance to the players, right? You can, you can tell when you hear from players, it's, it's not just because the tour wants them to say nice things about the FedEx cup. It really, it really seems like it means something to these guys. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure people will say there's 15 million reasons why, but ultimately it's the measure of you against your peers for the entirety of a season. Um, so I, I think that has started to carry a little bit more, but to Kyle's point on uh, the format and something I said earlier on the first look, Rick was the, the best way to determine who the best player is, is stroke play is individual stroke play 72 holes seems to be the, the amount of time that works best that's been proven, but do we need, do we need to, is the goal of the Olympics to determine who the best player is? Because to me, it's to determine who the best country is, right? Who's the best golfing nation. And there's none of that in what we have now. So I I do think their um, priorities, their mission could change a little bit and then you could get a little more creative with a format or something along those lines. Do you guys think that if you polled everybody that has a tour card this year and said, would you rather win the Olympics or Riviera, the Genesis? What do you, what do you think would win out? Depends on where you're from. Yeah. A Riviera would win because you get 1.7 million 
or whatever, and you get a job for multiple years. Uh, but there, there, there would be a small percentage, and the like. What what would Sung JM and Sibu Kim say? They'd say, well, yeah, that no, that's right, and I think that's a great point, and I loved that that was your storyline on HQ. Let's say you pulled the top twenty five guys who aren't really as worried about money or job status or whatever. Interesting. That's much closer. Um, I kind of want to say Olympics because I'm I'm kind of in on this, but I I don't think that's the answer you'd get. I don't think we're there yet. I I, I think it's a which is weird, right? Because that's a—I mean—that's a really good PGA Tour event. It's not, you know, it's one of the—I don't know—however many best non-majors. So that's maybe a little unfair. But we're still talking about like a non-major on the tour being like kind of equivalent with the Olympics. So I don't know. I don't really know. I don't know what to make of of all the Olympic stuff. All the all the all all the olympic golf stuff i guess specifically it to me it doesn't really make sense that it, you would choose the the olympics yet at the same time <laughs> rick sessinghouse came on uh on the radio show and said colin morikawa would rather win an olympic medal than the fedex cup it's just something that he really wants to do and it's a really important thing to him um and so he's he wouldn't he wouldn't ever take the olympics off for um, to improve his chance at winning a FedEx cup because the Olympics right now this year means more to him. So what is in each player's mind? I, I don't know. And I don't, I don't think they really know yet because what does the Olympics mean to golf right now? Not much, but what will it mean? What does that experience mean? It's hard to know today. Uh, it, it will be different once you've done it. What is, do I, is this something I want to do again? They didn't get to go to, and it gets delayed because this year is so unique. The opening ceremonies is completely different. You don't get to do anything. This is this is a simply a golf tournament. Um, I, I think the next few. I'd like to think the next few years will give us a, a little bit better of an idea of where we really are with golf in the Olympics. All right. Well. It's Olympics week. There's going to be guys showing up in Tokyo. We're going to get great quotes. We're going to get our eyes on the course. It's going to be, I'm pretty stoked for it. You don't have to be. I will be for you. Um, and we'll see how it goes. That'll do it for this episode of The First Cut. Let me thank producer Jacob. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there, that's Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter at the Real GFD. That's Kyle Porter, who you can find at Kyle Porter CBS. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut, and we'll catch you next time.